be a part of that. Uh, this is just save the date. We'll have the banquet on that Friday, uh, on that Saturday. I said it wrong. On that Saturday, the 24th. Um, but you can, you'll have to register for the banquet. And it is a free banquet that we invite you to come. Pastor Terry will be sharing at that. It'll be a powerful evening uh, just discovering what we do in mission. So we hope you would consider that and we'll give you more information as we get closer to that. Also, uh, letting you guys know, we announced this last week, uh, February the 18th is our business meeting. I know that sounds kind of boring, right? But we'll be sharing the, the goodness of what God has done here at Flag Church, so we hope you'd come be a part of that. We want to share some vision for what we are, we're dreaming and believing and praying for for 2024. But one of the other things that we do at the business meeting is we uh, nominate and elect uh, our elders. And this year, uh, we have one position that is opening up which is the position of this rich prophet who has served his first term, but he has agreed to serve his second term as an elder. But if for some reason you feel prompted to nominate somebody for that position, you're welcome to do that. And the best way to do that is to write their name. But here's what I'd like for you to do. Share in a few words why you feel like they qualify to be a spiritual elder to be somebody that God has called to lead uh, alongside of our pastoral team, our church, into what God is calling to do. And if that is uh, someone you would like to nominate, we ask that you would turn those names into our elders, and we'll review that and move from there. Hey, this morning, before we get into God's Word, I have one last announcement. This is not the most exciting announcement. Uh, it is uh, kind of a, a, a sad announcement that we want to make. But uh, when we uh, do ministry, sometimes there are transitions. And uh, this morning, uh, we want to announce that Pastor Jalen, our children's pastor, will be transitioning out of our team come the end of March and the beginning of April. This has been a conversation she and I have been having for the last two uh, months. Uh, we've taken time to fast and to pray over this. Uh, pastor Jalen's story is a beautiful story. Uh, it is uh, what God has called us to do. In 2019, Pastor Jalen showed up here uh, because she showed up at Pitt State, uh, went to one of her, uh, um, uh, her advisors and who doesn't attend Flag and had said, hey, I'm looking for a church. I, I'm just uh, lost. I need a church. And they said, you should go to Flag Church. <laughs> That's how she showed up because someone that doesn't go to Flag Church uh, told us she should go to Flag Church. Um, she showed up. Um, and uh, the spring of 2019, and uh, since then, uh, God has done a powerful thing in her life. Uh, we've seen Pastor Jalen join our counterculture college ministry the fall of 2019 in the midst of COVID, and uh, God started to work in her life. And uh, she did not know God and have an in-depth relationship at that time. And uh, with uh, Pastor Eli working with her, she started leading a life group, uh, in a counterculture that started a transformation process. Uh, the spring of 2020, she gave her life to Jesus Christ and was water baptized. And then the journey began where she was like, man, I am so in love with Jesus. I want to serve. So she started serving in our nursery with Misty. And uh, that didn't last long. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, she was like, she loved the littles. But then Pastor Eli is like, you need to come serve in youth group. And so she showed up and she's like, no, Pastor Eli can't do that. And so she left and she started serving in our kids ministry. And uh, she loved the kids. She loved what she did. Uh, she's an elementary ed graduate from Pitt State. 
And uh, one led to another, just how God navigates our steps. And uh, she got the opportunity to be our children's pastor. And so she's been pastoring and doing an outstanding, outstanding job. Loves our kids. And uh, man, yeah, if I could, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If I could, uh, uh, I can't even think of the word now. Anyway, make a duplicate of her, I will. But you know what? I'm going to trust God in this season. Uh, but God has been stirring a heart to go back into the school district and to love on kids in our schools. And uh, what, what better way to uh, be a light in our schools? We need more God-loving, uh, spirit-filled people in our schools loving our kids, right? And so as a church, we're sad to see Pastor Jalen move on, but we're excited because we get to invest in the kingdom. God's called us to keep our hands loose, right, and to trust Him. And so my word for 2024 is obedience. So I've been obedient and uh, trusting what God is doing in Pastor Jalen's life. I got to have a conversation yesterday with her. And this is the cold thing of when you trust God. She told me, hey, um, so April, last day, I start school in August. I already have a job offer, which I've taken. I already have a roommate in Kansas City. Isn't God good? How he works? Can we just celebrate that? So here's what I'd like for you guys to do as a church. I want you to celebrate Pastor Jalen, pray for her as she continues this journey. She's actually sharing this with our kids this morning. So parents, if you have kids in that ministry, they're going to be hearing about this from Pastor Jalen. So I encourage you to have that conversation with them. Uh, But also, as we go into this week of fasting and pray, uh, pray for God's plan for Flag Church and our next children's pastor. We think this is a, a, a key position that needs to be led by God because it is our kids, right? We want the right person. So we're going to be praying for that. So we're going to thank you, and uh, we'll share more information as we get closer to Pastor Jalen stepping away. So this morning, we're continuing our series talking about discipline that leads to freedom. Discipline that leads to freedom. And last week, we talked about silence and solitude. It was so exciting just to see all of the, the comments and the, and the, uh, the uh, notes that you guys uh, shared in your reading plan. I, I hope you guys got to uh, practice the ways of Jesus this week. Practice silence and solitude. I don't know about you. I uh, love that practice of silence and solitude, but I put it into extra gear, and it has refreshed my soul. I hope it has done that to you as well. Um, But this week, we're going to continue discovering uh, another discipline called fasting and prayer. And one of the things that we've been talking about is how discipline leads to freedom. But distractions derail our disciplines. And when they derail our disciplines, they steal our freedom. They steal our peace. They steal our joy. They create this heavy burden on our souls and they erode uh, our souls. And so uh, fasting and prayer might be something new for you. Fasting and prayer could cause maybe some discomfort when you hear those words, or it might be like, whoa, what are we going to do? How do we not eat three meals a day? It's kind of scary, right? Uh, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that because it's a discipline that we see that Jesus practiced, 
that brought freedom in his life. And, and we see that when we walk in the ways of Jesus, it brings freedom in our lives, right? And so um, we're going to talk about uh, fasting and prayer. So growing up um, as a kid and uh, back home, we used to have a lot of brass and silver in our house, okay? Anybody have brass stuff in your house or silver stuff? No? Just me? Okay, a few of you do. The rest of you are like, what are you talking about, right? So brass. Brass is one of these metals that if you leave over time, it, uh, the oxidation process causes it to kind of get dull, kind of causes it to look kind of bad and ugly, and, and, and kind of this tarnished look, okay? And so you've got to polish brass, and you've got to polish silver to make it what? Shine again, right? When you polish it, it looks really, really attractive. It, it just reflects the light, and it looks really, really good. And uh, so I, I used to, I like polishing. I don't know why I like polishing. Maybe I like to see the, the, the good come out of that. But, so, uh, but anyway, recently we had some stuff that my wife had got uh, from her parents, and it was sitting in our basement, and I was like, man, we should put this out, but it looked really nasty. So I kind of went up, looked up on social media, uh, social media, on YouTube. You can find anything on YouTube, right? Uh, so on YouTube, I figured out this concoction that you can create at home, so you don't even have to go to Walmart. Find it at home, and you create this thing that you apply, and you scrub, and you scrub, and you let it sit, and then you wash it off, and so I'm like, man, this sounds too easy uh, than what the process that I've used before, but anyway, we tried it, and guess what? Man, that looked so amazing after the polish, uh, after the, 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 uh, the, uh, the concoction was put on and then washed away. And what happened was is that concoction kind of went in and, and stripped away all of the oxidation. It stripped away all of the, uh, the tarnish that had kind of built up around that, uh, that brass, in this case, uh, the brass piece of uh, furniture. And it looked beautiful. It looked like new again. And when we look at our lives, this is what happens in our lives. We walk through life, and we, we, there are these things that start to kind of build up in our lives that start to kind of attach themselves. Uh, there's a word that I've heard. They're called barnacles on, on a ship. Where they attach themselves to the ship when, when a ship is in the ocean. And you, every so often, you've got to strip it away, right? And like that, they attach themselves to our lives, and they need stripped away. Because when they stay attached, the beauty <laughs> that is inside of us, the beauty that God created, I talked about the light that reflects off of that furniture piece when it's polished. The life light that reflects off of us is, is impossible because there's all this junk that has attached itself to our lives. We walk through life and we have hurts, we have pain, we have struggles. We have past stories that are not <laughs> maybe attractive, that have attached themselves to our lives, and they need to be stripped away. And fasting, the discipline of fasting and prayer, starts the process of loosening these things that have been attached to our lives. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, there is a stripping away that starts to happen. There is a revelation that is made known to us, and we start to see beauty that starts to emerge out of our lives. And that is why we practice the discipline 
of fasting and praying. Jeremiah chapter 6. This is the verse that we used last week, kind of the anchor verse, talking about verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Some of the ways that Jesus practiced um, is counter to the way that we live today. It is, counter, it is difficult to way, way, walk in the ways of Jesus in the world that we live today. The ancient path, as for the ways that Jesus walked, the path that Jesus walked, the path that brings freedom and restoration for our lives. Ask for that way and walk in it. But what does God's word say? That many of us say we will not walk in it because it is uncomfortable to walk in it because it doesn't make sense why I should do that because there are so many distractions in my life that have deterred me from the ways of Jesus and it doesn't even make sense in my mind to, to, to do what you, you, the Bible is asking us to do. So we say, nah, we won't walk in it. We'll just, we'll just do the basics and keep living. Ask for the path of fasting and praying. The ways of Jesus. Jesus himself practiced the discipline of fasting and praying. We see that in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, and we kind of touched on this passage um, last week when we, when we talked about silence and solitude. Jesus... It comes out of being water baptized. He's being baptized. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. There is a voice from heaven, the Father, that proclaims and says, Hey, this is my son uh, who I am pleased in. And, and, and an identity has been given and everyone hears that. And then what does Jesus do after that pinnacle moment in his life? <laughs> right after that moment, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Eremos, we talked about it last week. The Eremos, the place of solitude, the silence. Where for 40 days, for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Now, some of you have already turned me off. You're like, 40 days, forget that. Ways of Jesus doesn't work for me, guys. Okay, <laughs> baby steps. We're not talking about a 40-day fast here. We're just talking about what did Jesus do, okay? Uh, there are so many things that Jesus did that we, can, we, we work towards, right? But not, so for 40 days, he ate nothing. But we talked last week how, um, why, we asked the question, why would, uh, why would the, the Holy Spirit take Jesus into the Eremos to fast and to be in a place of weakness and then be tempted by the devil, right? But what we discovered last week, and by the way, if you missed last week's message, you can go to our app and you can listen to it online. We hope you would do that. Stay caught up. But uh, we, what we discovered last week is that that was not a place of weakness. It was a place of strength. 
A place of solitude was a place of strength, a, a, a refreshing and, an, and, and uh, being in the presence of Jesus. A, a, a place of fasting was not a place of weakness because what was happening, and we used the word last week, there was a detoxing that happens when we fast. There's a detoxing of the, the, the elements that have attached themselves, a stripping away that, that, that comes away from our lives. And, and then we, we start to have this spiritual insight to God's presence, and we get to sit in God's presence. When we fast, and we'll unpack this, it is an intentional time with God. We're sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus is feeding us spiritual nutrients. He's feeding us His Word. He's feeding us the things that we uh, don't know that we need, but we need it. And he's the only one that knows that we need it. And so this moment of fasting, Jesus is being strengthened by the Holy Spirit at the feet of the Father so that he can go head to head with the devil. And what happens when he goes head to head with the devil when he's tempted? But Jesus told the devil, no. He told the devil what? No. He said, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. How many of us struggle to say no? No to the buying habits. No to the social uh, media lifestyle. No to the food addictions. No to pornography. No to... Addictions that we know are destroying us. We struggle to say no. The reason we struggle to say no is because we are not spending the time that we need with the Father at the feet of Jesus in, in, in intentional uh, discipling that helps us to say no. So there's a strengthening that happens in solitude and silence. There's a strengthening that happens during an intentional time of fasting. There is a spiritual infilling. There is a preparation. There is a, 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 a spirit in, empowering that happens in our lives so that then we can walk into the world and to be able to say, no, that's not for me. You know what? That's good and all, but that's, that doesn't work for me. Uh, that's not the ways of Jesus. Because if you don't know the ways of Jesus, it's hard to practice the ways of Jesus and the principles of Jesus and the truth of Jesus. Because in times of fasting, we discover that. Understanding. So let's, under, let's take some time to understand what spiritual fasting is. Because a lot of us fast. But there's a difference between fast and spiritual fasting. John Wesley put it this way, some have exalted religious fasting or spiritual fasting beyond all scripture and reason, and others have utterly disregarded it. So what he's saying is there are just two extremes when it comes to fasting, but our goal at Flag Church with this discipline is not to be legalistic and use it as a measuring stick for your spirituality. That's not our goal. Or, on the other hand, to totally ignore and lose the spiritual strengthening that comes with the discipline of fasting and prayer. 
When we find the good middle ground, there is power that starts to emerge where it's not this uh, ritualistic or legalistic process that causes uncomfortable feelings, uh, but it's also not totally ignored, but we find a place where we do it out of a relationship with Jesus because we have uh, this passion to be at the feet of Jesus that starts a strengthening process. We want to follow in the ways of Jesus, the ancient path, the path that leads to freedom and revitalization of our souls. How many would say, man, I need my soul to be refreshed this morning? I don't know about you, but I would say that is the case with me. And some of us don't know that we need that. We think we're all good. Till we sit down with an intentional time with Jesus. In the Bible, fasting refers to the discipline of abstaining from food for a limited time in order to give greater attention to spiritual matters. So what I'm saying here is that we have a regular fast. Some of us do fasting for multiple purposes, health reasons. It's really good. You should consider it. It's a detoxing to kind of strip away some of the stuff, but we just fast. That's, that's all that happens. We lose weight. It's good. We feel good. It makes us look good. Nothing wrong with that. But then you have that spiritual fast. The spiritual fast is, has, a different re, uh, has a different purpose. We are taking away the physical need of, of consuming food to to be intentional in the presence of God to feed our souls with spiritual food. So it's not just taking, stopping eating, but you start feeding yourself with spiritual food. It's a heightening of the spiritual senses, where our spiritual senses, where we get to see, and I know this, some of you are like, what are you talking about? God, the word talks about seeing with our spiritual eyes where we start to discover what God is wanting to speak to us, what God wants to see happen in our lives. There's a discovering that starts to happen when we are in a spiritual fast. In most cases, fasting is attached to prayer as a spiritual discipline, but fasting can exist on its own. Fasting can be called prayer without words. And I think sometimes that's very important because we can talk a lot and not listen. And listening to God. To be in an intimate time with God where we read His Word and listen to His voice. Where we're able to say no to the physical cravings of our stomach and say yes to the spiritual cravings of our soul. See, when we take time to, to strip away uh, the, uh, the fake satisfactions that are covering all the brokenness inside of us, when we, when we strip all of that away and the reality of life starts to surface and you realize how desperately you need... <laughs> God to show up, and the only person that can fix that situation is God, there's freeing, there's freedom that comes in that, in, that, in that state. But a lot of times what we do is to hide that, 
we fill it with temporary satisfaction. And we hide behind that temporary satisfaction and ignore the deep need inside of our lives that need the attention and the touch of God. So, fasting is a time where we should be intentional. It's an intentional time of listening to God. An intentional time where the Holy Spirit is able to speak to us and say, Hey, have you considered this? Hey, have you, have you thought of maybe surrendering this area to me? Have you thought of maybe uh, stopping this lifestyle? Have you thought of maybe adjusting the way that you, uh, to, uh, to, that you manage this relationship with this person? Have you thought of, and you fill in the gaps. To grow in an adoration towards Him by being in His presence. Here's something I want us to understand. When we discover being in His presence and when fasting causes us to be in His presence, we'll want to fast more and not do it because we have to. We grow in adoration towards Him by being in His presence to meditate on His Word. It's an intentional time. Okay, how much time do we get for lunch? An hour? Okay, let's go eat for an hour. Well, what if we spend 30 minutes of that time reading His Word? What would that do? How would that change? The intentional time set aside to be intentional with God and draw close to Him, to gain the sense of His direction. When we listen, when we read His Word and we listen, we, we, we still and listen and say, God, you know what? I need, a, I need a decision here. How do, I, how do I go about this? What's my next step? Should I take this job? Should I be in this relationship? Is this good for me? And then we wait. An intentional time of listening. God wants to speak to us. We were created to speak, uh, to speak to God and to be in a relationship. I heard this the other day. Prayer is the mother language of heaven. Prayer is the mother language of heaven where we have this communication with God and us. Sometimes that is talking, sometimes that's listening and being intentional. To ponder on his principles over and over to consider how they apply to specific situations in our lives. When we fast and take intentional time to spend time in God's Word and to listen and, and we read God's Word, there are principles that will pop out and the Holy Spirit will start to speak to us and say, how does this principle apply in your life? How are you applying this? What would change if this principle was applied in your life? What positive things could come out of this? There's a collaboration that starts to happen with you and the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing. God doesn't just show up and say, let's go. No, he shows up and he says, hey, have you thought about this? Have you considered this? And it's our job to then say, yes, God, you know what? I'm going to be obedient and trust you in this. Fasting opens those lines of communication. So question, is fasting a commandment? Is it an expectation from God? Well, let's see what God's word has to say. Fasting, I think, is important for us to understand. Fasting is, about, is not about impressing God, but connecting with Him. It's not about impressing God. It's, I think many people fast because they have this uh, uh, idea that, man, if I fast, God will take care of my list of things that I need taken care of, right? He's a genie in a bottle, right? 
No. Fasting is about a relationship. Fasting is about being intimate with God. It's about time spent with God. Fasting should first and foremost be about fostering intimacy with Him. If we figure that thing out, fasting will look totally different to us. We would long for moments of fast. We would long for moments of intimacy with God. It would not become a legalistic, ritualistic process. We've got to seek His face and not His hand. God knows what you want. He wants to give you the best, but He wants you to seek His face first. What if we were to go, to, well, what if we were to get to the point where we say, I get to fast and not have to fast? And the only way we can get to that point of, I get to fast and don't have to, is because you've experienced the presence of God in the moment of fasting. Fasting is about stripping away the things of this world that are distracting us from seeing and knowing our Heavenly Father's love. Because there are so many things that are distracting us and speaking lies into our heart about who our Father is. But fasting realigns that. Fasting is about letting God take His rightful place at the center of my life. To realign, refocus on what is important. And that graphic should be up there. Uh, this graphic, you being in the center. Fasting allows us to swap to the next graphics graphic, which shows Jesus being in the center and everything starting to realign, where we come to a place where we sit down with God and say, God, you are number one. You are priority. You reign in every area of my life. I need you to be in the center so every other area starts to function correctly. But the question still remains, what does Jesus have to say about fasting? So we look at a passage in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18, and it said, when you, and this is the, um, the Sermon on the mount and, mount, and Jesus is talking, and He talks about giving, and He talks about praying, and he, then He talks about fasting, and He says, When you fast, do not look sober as the hypocrites do, but for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast... Put oil on your head and wash your face. Basically saying, hey, go about it the right way. Don't just go about it the wrong way. Don't go about it like the hypocrites. Live your life in the normal way and continue to fast so that, if, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Notice he said, when you fast. Jesus was assuming, making the assumption that people of Jesus, people that followed in the ways of Jesus would fast and that uh, we would, um, that he was just giving us instructions on how to do it the right way. Because in the time of Jesus, fasting was, uh, was, was uh, not practiced in the right way. It was a legalistic process. It was kind of this process of, man, I'm so much more spiritual if I fasted. And so Jesus is kind of pulling that all the way back and saying, hey, 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 hold on. This is between you and God. This is, uh, this is an intimate moment. This is a, an opportunity for you to be in a relationship that 
That is the whole purpose of the fast. So when you fast, don't go around showing everybody, man, look at me, I'm so weak, I'm fasting, look at me, I'm so spiritual. No, that was not what was intended, uh, but that was what was being practiced, right? So Jesus was correcting that practiced practice. Having said this, he, uh, we must go on to realize that those words of Jesus do not constitute a commandment. It's not a commandment in that state. But Jesus is giving instructions on how to go about this. Right? The second crucial statement that we see Jesus making on fasting came when the disciples of John the Baptist come to Jesus and they're like, come to Jesus and they talk about the practice of fasting. And it's found in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12 through 15. And here's what it said. And then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often? But you disciples do not fast. Sounds kind of ritualistic and legalistic, right? Hey, what's going on here? I mean, you say you follow Jesus, but you're not fasting. What's wrong with that? But Jesus answered, and he said, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? And then he goes on to say, The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying he's the bridegroom. And he's here. And when he's here, hey, there is feasting and celebration. But there's coming a time, and that time is here now, when Jesus will be taken away to heaven uh, for a time. And when he's taken away, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, the people that call themselves Jesus' followers, will, stay, will go into a time of fasting. That they will be in an intimate relationship with Jesus. And the reason that the followers of Jesus will fast is because they long to be united with Jesus again. They long and they wait for the second coming, the return of Jesus for his bride for his bride when the bridegroom comes for the bride and in fasting we are we are surrendering ourselves and we are longing for that reunited uh, presence with uh, the king of kings and the lord of lords but also we fast as a sign of sorrow for our sin and our spiritual decay i mean all of us no matter where we are in our spiritual journey we still have sin in our lives we still have spiritual decay in our lives there is this process that we see in scripture that talks about sanctification it's an ongoing process we will never be like jesus till we see jesus face to face fasting allows us to strip away those pieces of junk and sin that has entered our lives because we live in a world that is corrupted no matter where you are in your spiritual walk. It is clear from this passage that Jesus both upheld the discipline of fasting and he anticipated that his followers would do it as a discipline. We get to, not have to. Richard Foster in the book, uh, Disciplines of uh, uh, celebrations of discipline put it this way and I'd like to read this little snippet from his book and he said it well he said where are the people today who will respond to the call of Christ have we become so accustomed to cheap grace 
that we instinctively shy away from more demanding calls to obedience. Cheap grace is grace without discipline. Grace without the cross. Why have the, uh, the giving of money, for example, been um, unquestionably recognized um, as elements in Christian devotion and fasting so disputed? Certainly, we have so much, if not more evidence from the Bible for fasting as we have for giving. Perhaps in our affluent societies, Fasting involves far larger sacrifice than giving of money. Cheap grace. Let's not settle for cheap grace. Because what happened on the cross was not cheap grace. For a person longing for an intimate walk with God, the practice of fasting is the way to intimacy. Man, you want to see more of Jesus? You want to see the real relationship with a God that loves you? Fasting gives you an avenue, a way to come to the feet of Jesus where the stripping away happens and a beauty that starts to emerge, a light that starts to reflect because the tarnish is being removed away from your life and the, and the light of Jesus starts to reflect off of your life. Is it a commandment? No. But a principle, a way of life, the way of Jesus, a discipline that leads to intimacy and freedom. So as we wrap up, fasting combined with prayer, the mother tongue of heaven, what purposes do we see out of this? Firstly, to honor God. And the list that I'm sharing this morning is your prayer list for this week. Your prayer focus for this week, and I'll just share a little bit here on how you can access that. But to honor God, first and foremost, to, to, to show God due reverence. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We put God back in the center of our lives. We put, give God the honor he deserves. We, we surrender to him and we show him that he is the king of our lives. When we read this passage at the end, it says, but only to your Father who is unseen. We fast only to our Father who is unseen. Not so that everyone else can see it. Not so that we can feel good. Not so that we can get what we want because we want to give God honor. We want to put Him back on His throne. He is on His throne, but we tend to kind of step into that role a lot. But we're saying, no, God, you're in your, on your seat. So honor God. Secondly, to gain spiritual insight and wisdom concerning God's will. How many of you would love to know what God's will is for your life? To gain insight, to gain spiritual sight, to see in you, through your spiritual eyes versus your physical eyes. And just see your situation the way you see it, but to be able to see it the way God sees it. The big picture. 
And He will give revelation if you spend time with Him. To humble ourselves and put God's concerns above our own concerns. And when we fast, He gives us the desires of our hearts because what happens is our desires in our hearts start to align with the Father's heart. And when we align with the Father's heart, we start to pray the things that are in our heart and God says, boom, done, boom, done. And we're like, whoa, how come your prayers get answered? How come my prayers don't get answered? Well, maybe it's because we are not spending time in the presence of God in our hearts are not aligned with him and our desires are off from God's desires because maybe God's not in the center and we are in the center and it is our desires that we are praying and not his desires because he knows what is best for you. He has a perfect will for you and he gives you his desires and then we pray his desires. So to humble ourselves, to seek and find God and his grace for us, to seek and find God. <laughs> God is not distant. He's near. He's present. He's in your season. He's walking with you through that fire. You may not think that. You may not know that. But in fasting, what happens is God shows up. And he says, hey, you're not walking on your own. You're not walking on, that. You're on your own. That challenge, that trial, that season you're walking through, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm holding your hand. We see God. To mourn over personal sin and failure and the sin of the church, nation, and world. Guys, this is a key piece. <laughs> we can't mourn, first off, over our sin if we don't know if it is sin. But when we sit in fasting, God starts to gently nudge, hey, would you consider walking away from that? Would you consider stopping that lifestyle? Would you consider not continuing in that relationship? Would you consider stop watching that stuff you watch on your, your computer screen? He starts to kind of prompt us. It's called the Holy Spirit prompting. And then we realize, oh my gosh, that's not honoring to God. We have a choice even in that moment. We have a choice. We choose to, to mourn over our sin and say, God, you know what? I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Help me to fight that area. Help me to overcome that area. And we do that not just for our lives, but for our church. Because there's sin in the church. And man, sin separates us from God. It doesn't bring us closer to God. It's a wedge that the enemy puts and pushes us. He puts another wedge, another wedge, another wedge. Our job is to go to God so that he can start pulling out those wedges. And then before you know it, we're starting to draw closer to God. To deepen our relationship with God and strengthen our resistance against spiritual forces of evil. We've done a whole series on that. There is someone known as the devil that's out there. A battle that is raging in the spiritual world over you. An enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so what happens in fasting, just like Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, into the Eremos for 40 days, and he was strengthened to be able to go head-to-head -head with the devil. Now, God's not calling us to go head-to-head. -head. He does that work for us, but we stand on his promises. We stand under his protection, and we're able to step into the world and say no to the devil. 
and not fall into the temptation or fall into the traps that He has for us to resist the spiritual forces of evil and lastly, to open the way for the Holy Spirit to operate powerfully where your life is starting to now shine radiantly because the stripping has happened. Powerfully among God's people as He prepares them for Christ's return. A beautiful bride prepared for the bridegroom. A garment of grace put on you. A cleansing and a purification that happens. A beautiful place. So, the question is it something that we want to make our way of living? When you fast, you are denying what you normally do in your physical body so that you can open up your spirit and more clearly hear from God. I want to end with this snippet. It's crazy how God just continues to speak um, when you have a message, I woke up yesterday and a friend of mine uh, had written this. And I read it and I was like, wow, how appropriate. And I think God has a way of speaking through different people. And I just want to read this and let it just speak to you however, you, uh, however it speaks to you. I'm pondering the concept of a spiritual diet this morning. I don't mean something in line with cultural trends to get our bodies back in shape, but rather the nourishment we bring to our souls every day. And as I look at the facets of the American church as a whole, we are starving. We try to fill our lives with partial meals, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, small groups, whenever we have a corporate service. And then we starve the rest of the week. We fill our lives with the earthly food and distractions that may not necessarily be bad in small quantities, but we wonder why we aren't satisfied, why we aren't walking in the fullness of God, uh, of, of goodness, uh, fullness and goodness that God has for us. And it's because we are starving. We haven't filled our bodies with the rich portion of the word of the Lord. We haven't drank from the living well or sat at the table and been filled, over, filled to overflow from the presence of God. Will you come to that living well this week? You drink from that living well? Will you sit at the table with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, would you let him bring a banquet and set it in front of you so that you can eat and be filled spiritually as you say no to the distractions of this world, as you say no to the physical cravings and be filled with the spiritual infilling? Will you be attached to the vine and drink fully from Jesus Christ. Fasting is the way of Jesus. Fasting and prayer, a way of life. So this morning, I want to leave you with a few pieces of information and then we'll pray and we'll be out of here. But 
uh, this morning. I didn't announce this, but there's a reading plan on your app. It's a, it's a fasting and prayer reading plan, and it'll be on the screen uh, with a QR code. You can scan that, or you can go to our Flag Church app, and you can access that. It's a tool for you to use during this week of fast and pray, fasting and praying. Secondly, if you go to our Flag Church app, you will uh, see a graphic. Uh, hold on, I'll, I know some of you are scanning that, but this next graphic will come up here in a few seconds. But you'll see this graphic that's called 10 Days of Fasting and Prayer. It's on your app, and it has a lot of tools. One is, it'll give you your focus areas to pray for in the next seven days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, how you can pray and how you can be focused and pray as a church. Pray for yourself, pray for the church, pray for your community. So we hope you would consider that. Secondly, there's a link on there talking about what fasting is because man if i was to cover all of that we would have been here for two hours or maybe longer but there's a lot of information some of us should not fast depending on our health uh, uh health situation so we need to examine that and ask the right question so there's information that is on there that is made available for you to be able to read and to understand fasting, the ways of fasting and what you should do. So that's uh, number two. And then also in that uh, same area, you'll find a little playlist that Pastor Shelby has put together that you could use, a Spotify playlist that will help you through this week of fasting and prayer. We've given you the tools. You have the choice this week. And let me challenge you, if you would step out in faith, Take one baby step. I think God would work a miracle in your life this week. Will you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you've given us tools and ways and means to walk uh, into your presence, to walk with you, and to experience you. I pray that this week will be the richest week in our lives because we experience you in a fresh way. I pray that this week will be a week that defines the rest of our life, that it alters the path in the way that we do life with you, that this week that we would discover a fresh anointing, a fresh outpouring, a presence that comes and meets us in wherever, whatever situation that we're walking in, and that, Father, that we would hunger for more of you because of our obedience to walk with you and that you would feed us what we need, and that we would be refreshed and refilled by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We ask that you would go before us this morning, that you would be in front of us, behind us, and on both sides of us. Bless us and keep us in your presence. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your time of fasting and praying.